Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, happy Saturday. Hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. The Kansas City Chiefs still have a game to play this week as they take on the Los Angeles Rams at Arrowhead Stadium this Sunday. So plenty to get you caught up on. We'll start things off with the Arrowhead Pride Editors Show. They had their marinated takeaways from Sunday's win over the Chargers. After that, it's out of structure. They're discussing the Chiefs' win and what worked so well against that Chargers team that they can exploit a little bit against this Rams team this weekend. After that, we're going to take a quick timeout. Then when we get back, it's Chiefs Coast to Coast. They had our first full Rams preview of the week. And then we will finish things up with Show and BK, previewing what the Chiefs will need to do on Sunday when they have the football. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, and you know what time it is. It's time for our world-famous narrative takeaways, only here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Steve, I've never thought about this, but maybe it's something we, we got to talk about after the show off air. We got to get some kind of steak company to back the Marinated <laughs> Takeaways. I mean, it just seems like writing on the wall. We've been doing this, what, for two or three years now? How, how have we not had a, a marination steak type of, uh, of a sponsor for this thing? So we'll, we'll work on that. But let's get to the Marinated Takeaways from this thriller, another one in L.A. It seems like there's always thrillers between the Chiefs and the Chargers, and John will as we do every week, go to you first. What is your first marinated takeaway from this game? Uh, I am continue to be struck. I think I addressed this last week as well, but I, I continue to be struck by how well the defense seems to be playing, but they're not putting up stats that reflect that. And this is, you know, I'm kind of a believer in stats. You know, I, I think stats are a thing that helps you be honest about your observations and stuff. I'm not saying that you can't, you know, use your eye test to tell you more. That's, that's a part of it too. I think you have to have an eye test and you have to pay attention to stats. But in this case, um, the defense just seems to be better than the numbers really show them to be. I mean, they're down in the, the low twenties and points allowed and uh, even worse than that, I think in yards allowed now. Uh, and, and that's across the board on most of the, the useful defensive statistics uh, the couple of exceptions being sacks and um, uh, passer rating where they're uh, really good and really bad. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but they keep making plays in key right. moments and, um, and, and getting the opposing team off the field at exactly the right moment when it matters the most. I think we saw that yesterday once again where they don't look very good in the beginning of the game when you're thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, what are we – oh, this is going to be awful. And then in the second half, they figure it out and start, you know, putting the opposing team back on the sideline after a few plays. And it's just not borne out in the statistics. And I, I, I you said I, – I think I heard you say this on the TV last night after the game that you think this might be the best Spagnolo defense. And I think you might be right. You just can't measure it very easily, and it's kind of frustrating. No, I'm I'm with you. And as you were making your point, I, I pulled up the the schedule, and in some of the dominating performances the Chiefs have had this year, you had the other team scoring in the 20s. Arizona mm-hmm. Cardinals, mm-hmm. 44 to 21. The Chiefs never were, were a question in that game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 41 to 31. The Chiefs were never a question in that game. San Francisco 49ers was close at the beginning, but it ended up being right, a blowout, right. 44 mm-hmm. to 23. So even in these dominating performances, you're hitting that low 20 mark, which which certainly impacts the numbers. My first marinated takeaway has to do with the defense, too, and it, and it fits nicely with yours. 
I just think what's been impressive is they're really making timely plays. And this mm-hmm. has been a more of a recent stretch type of deal. Chris Jones, Micah Parsons is doing what he's doing, and no one's touching Micah Parsons right now. But Chris Jones is for sure one of the top five defensive players in the NFL, and he is putting together a year. We had questions as to whether the Chiefs would keep that cap hit next year. I think it's starting to become more and more clear that they'll be happy to, to take any cap hit, or maybe there's a slight extension in the mm-hmm. work where you could lower it a little bit. But he certainly is is not falling off at all, and they need to make Chris Jones a, a priority. Nick Bolton has become really, really important and good for this team, both from a, I think, setting all these young players up standpoint to making big plays like he did. He should have clinched the game on a Swartz fumble had it not been for Jarek McKinnon and then is able to get that tip drill pick to seal the deal, mm-hmm. not to say that there was a threat. But this is still Justin Herbert who made quite a throw early in the game. You never know yes. what can happen. So key interception by Nick Bolton, Willie Gay with, with an untouched sack. And John, you were saying, oh, you know, there's not a, a ton of, of stats out there. Well, I was able to pull one, and this is from a, a long-time listener of the editor show, happens to be a, a friend of a friend, he, and he, he texted me this. Kevin, he said, well, they have 31 sacks through nine games in 2022. They had 31 all of last year through seven. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the pressure on the quarterback has been there and so thank you to thank you to kevin a, a fan and listener of the show uh for that stat but that's that's pretty impressive and a lot has to do with chris jones and i i think sometimes we're we do question the defensive line but i think the defensive line has looked as good as it has mike dana last night was another player who really has for whatever reason herbert's number where most of the of his career sacks i believe it's been four now have come against herbert and I, I think it was a nice development to see that Dana is starting to feel healthy after missing a handful of games mm-hmm. due to that cat yeah. injury as well. So there are some hidden numbers, but you're right. It, as far as what you look at as far as points per game and yards per game, the Chiefs are the middle of the pack. But I, I just think because of how young the unit is as a whole and the fact that the defense is playing a big role in winning some of these close games, that's where my energy comes from calling it Spag's best effort since taking over since 2019. Right. All right. What's your next marinated takeaway? Um, Harrison Butker is back. The guy's back. Butker's <laughs> back. I mean, you know, there's Butker's always a possibility that than ever for Christmas yeah, this year. Yeah. Uh, we can always be wrong about this. And, and obviously he had problems before he was injured with extra points and what all, but uh, he sure looked good last night. Everything was right down the middle. There didn't seem to be any question about his ability to make those kicks last night. And he made every one of them. And uh, thank goodness that was not something I was going to be looking forward to dealing with over the last weeks of the season uh, and particularly in the postseason. So this is excellent news. He told us in the locker room not too long ago that he wasn't 100 percent. He looked 100 percent last night. Yeah. Not not to say that you can really learn a ton from body language, but even early as he was lining up for the kick, he just looked a little bit more confident. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I am curious to go in the locker room this week and be like, now you're feeling 100%, right? Because he really looked it for the first time last night. And when Butker's 100%, he's one of the better kickers in the NFL. I think maybe just his body hasn't been right for a long time this season. And and you're finally, I think, starting to see that that take place. But it, it was, I think it was key for him to have a 33-yarder early because not only is that a field goal and not an extra point, it's the distance of an extra point. So you kind of become right. everything <laughs> in one shot where you can, you can get, I, I think, your your confidence under you a little bit in, in a very key game. And then also too, you, you know, you think about this, this game came down to three points. If Butker doesn't make the kicks that he made, he had a 33 yarder in the first quarter, a 54 yarder in the first quarter, or I'm sorry, 52. He had a, a 30 yarder in, in the third quarter. And then he made all of his extra points. If, if Butker isn't on, you lose this, this football game. And so, yeah. um, yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I think that was big to see. Okay, I just have a, my, my next one is a little negative. Great night for the cool. Chiefs, but th- this isn't a negative one. And I promise you, my third one is not negative. But so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, this will be balanced out eventually. You would have expected Marquez Valdez Scantling to be a little bit more important last night, and he has had some games, but I think he was billed coming into the season as well. Now in Kansas City, we're going to see that he's an all-around receiver. And to me, 
he's just looked like a lot like what we've seen in green Bay, which was mm-hmm. sort of invisible. And then all of a sudden, maybe he'll make a big time chunk play, but really hasn't been the guy that was getting advertised us to us in, in training camp and the preseason. And this was set up perfectly for him. When you talk about as when you talk about a, a, a spot start in, in the sense where there's going to be more targets, you didn't have Nicole Hardman. You didn't have Juju Smith Schuster. You lost Kadarius Tony early. Your pat one of your pass catching backs that like to pass and, and dink and dunk with Clyde Edwards Alaire also went down. Mm-hmm. Instead of Marquez Valdez Scaling really being a factor, it was more of a Sky Moore mini breakout. It was Justin mm-hmm. Watson who apparently knows every position on the field. That was the more important player. <clears throat> and you're looking at the salaries and you're like, well, Watson's not even making that this much money. You know, Moore's not really making this much money. Not to say that it's killing the Chiefs as far as you know, their production as a whole and the, the offense as a whole, but for what they brought him in here for and, and what what they paid him for i don't i don't know if they're getting necessarily a, a proper return on on their investment now there's a lot of season left and it sometimes it takes guys a little bit longer to get in sync with the quarterback than than others but i i think it's fair to say it's been slightly disappointing for what has transpired with mbs so far well in fairness i think you have to say that part of the problem that mbs had in green bay was being on the same team with Devontae Adams. And he sort of has that problem here. Any wide receiver on this team is going to be in Travis Kelsey's shadow. That's fair. And 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 he's also going to be in Juju Smith-Schuster's shadow to some extent. He's Smith-Schuster has, you know, stepped up to be the guy for the Chiefs. Now, you know, could Valdez Scantling have been the guy to step up? Sure he could have, and he didn't. So ultimately you have to, you know, make him take responsibility for that. But I agree with you that it's been disappointing. And I, and I was also surprised last night that under the circumstances that existed in yesterday's game, uh, we didn't see more of him because I thought we would, I thought just like you, I thought, well, this would be an opportunity for him to show that if he doesn't have to compete with another receiver for the targets, that he can be the guy. And we just, we just haven't really seen that. I mean, the good news is, you know, they're paying him a lot of money, but the good news <laughs> is that they can walk away from him pretty easily after this season. And um, so I hats off to, to Brett know, Beach for making that deal. <laughs> yeah, especially if Kadarius Tony can come back from this injury and right. look real, really good. Right. I don't know if you're paying MBS that money if you can get away from it, just because right. it just... This this is what it is. It just feels very replaceable right now for, yeah. for cheaper. He has had the one 111-yard game against the 49ers, but everything else has been, I'm looking quickly here, 90 or under. And if you take away that Raiders game where he had 90, it's, it's like 63 yards or under. Last night he finished with four targets and only caught the one pass for for 18 yards. So we'll see. A lot of season left for MVS, but I sure. think, it, I think sure. it has been disappointing. I love that at the end of the game it felt inevitable, and it and for <laughs> once it felt inevitable on both sides of the ball. So when that drive happened, um, you know the Chargers go up twenty-seven twenty-three. Uh, the Chiefs come back. Uh, they have a minute, you know, just under two minutes to go. You knew when the Chargers scored. I was actually happy that they scored early enough because you knew they were going to score eventually, and for them to uh, score and then uh, the, leave enough time for Mahomes. Minute 46, they get the ball back. We just had this feeling like, yep, here we go. Mahomes is going to drive the field. They're going to score. And, of course, they did. And, of course, it was Travis Kelsey. Again, feels inevitable. Feels like we've seen this script before against the Chargers. <laughs> but then when the, the Chargers get the ball back, there's not a lot of time left. But I 31 seconds left, they could have driven – uh, down to get in field goal range pretty easily, right? The Chiefs have done it in 13 seconds, so why couldn't they? They had all three timeouts, too. They had all three timeouts as well, yeah. So, But you come right out and you get a Chris Jones sack to start off the drive, and then the next play, uh, under a ton of pressure, uh, he throws the interception in the game. Uh, so you've got – you just had this feeling like, all right, the defense was getting enough pressure that – uh, they were going to be able to shut that down. I wasn't worried about Mahomes scoring, and I wasn't worried about the Chargers scoring at the end of that game. 
Yeah, and uh, the defense just continues to to earn themselves that credit, right? I think Spags continues to be really good in the second half, really good situationally setting up the offense to win games. And that's the thing. We've seen it this year. You talk about how confident you were seeing Mahomes, you know, with a minute 46 left. Hey, he has thrown two game-ending interceptions this season on those exact situations where he had a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter late. But I think you're right. I think, it, and maybe it was just the Chargers opponent. You know, you see the Chargers helmet, you're like, oh yeah, we definitely got this. And you mentioned it. You mentioned, uh, you know, it feels like the same, you know, script. Well, it literally was the exact same play that they won on last year that that Kelsey scored on this year. He talked about it, and obviously he has a big game, which we're we're maybe bearing the lead by not just praising Travis Kelsey. You know, com, you know, so much for battling through the the physical coverage that the Chargers were, were giving him you know they've done a really good job with that especially in week two he had his lowest production game um, against the Chargers and what do you know he he comes out of it makes a few crazy plays late in the game the fourth quarter the first touchdown was it was an amazing yak play I, I can't believe he got in the end zone after that but that's just how smooth he is and then obviously yeah the the mesh play to win the game again the exact same play it looked the defense gave him the exact same look and Kelsey really diced him up after the after the run after the catch not exactly like last year. It was a it was a further out. It was thirty yards last year. This year is about ten yards out, but uh, still kind of the same way where he just turns up field and makes people miss, and all of a sudden he's in the end zone celebrating a game winning touchdown. So two years in a row, Travis Kelsey is, is sending LA fans home uh, unhappy at their own stadium. Which I know there are a lot of Chiefs fans there, but all that to say is, man, Kelsey and Mahomes coming through. I mean, it did feel inevitable, but it's it's funny because it wasn't. It hasn't always been inevitable this season, but it did feel inevitable. I agree with you. Absolutely. And one of the reasons I think it felt inevitable for me was the fact that this was a good offensive line game for the Chiefs. In, in fact, you could argue it was a really good offensive line game. So they ran the ball well, 163 yards, six yards per carry on average. They allowed only one sack in this game. You did not get that feeling that Mahomes was under duress. And in fact, there were several plays in this game where Mahomes had all the time in the world to set up and throw. I'm thinking about that long pass down the sideline of Jody Fordson. He had all day to set up for that and put it in a place that I couldn't put it if I was standing five feet away from the guy. <laughs> that was a uh, that was an incredible play. But you had that confidence to say Mahomes is trusting his line. He's getting the protection he needs, and therefore he's going to make plays. the The times where Mahomes has failed the most in the past is when He's under a lot of duress, and nobody's getting open, and he just doesn't have time to wait for somebody to get open, and he doesn't have that trust factor. I felt like he trusted his line, and the Chiefs made some adjustments to make sure that he could trust them, especially on that last drive. So they had Jarek McKinnon in the game. That's his his specialty is pass protection and the occasional screen pass. Screen pass didn't work this week, but pass protection cer- certainly did, uh, and they had him – protecting on I believe on that entire drive at the end of the game uh, they had him lined up right outside Andrew Wiley on the right tackle position and chipping on every single play just to make sure that Mahomes didn't have to worry that he felt comfortable enough and when he's comfortable like that he executes absolutely and and I think the last the two weeks before this game I think the pass protection was was really good I do think early in this game there were some spots where I felt like it wasn't it wasn't great but I think it did settle in. I think you're right. They they did they settled in. Andrew Wiley, I thought, played you know pretty good for for his standards. Orlando Brown, you know, did really well on his side. The Chargers were missing Joey Bosa. They didn't have him, who who makes a huge difference. And and I yeah. think that's where Wiley maybe uh, you know found successes because he was matched up against Kyle Van Noy, who's basically an inside linebacker. Um, he he he's not the size of a typical edge rusher. So that that helped Wiley a lot. Yeah, that's a fair point because that combination of Bosa and Derwin James is what made things difficult for the Chiefs last time around. You know, the the way that they were able to get pressure with Bosa and then James was right there to clean up whatever they tried to do, especially short. He was sitting on the screens. He was sitting on the yeah. short, short routes and really making life difficult. This week, James had to be all over the field. And, and uh, as they would say down south, God bless him. He was, he was trying to cover Kelsey. And, and God bless him. He he. It wasn't his day, uh, and because uh, Kelsey eventually, you know, you, you can maybe cover him a little bit. You can bracket him for a while, but uh, whenever uh, they had the opportunity to to man up uh, Kelsey over James, uh, it usually went Kelsey's way on this day, at least. 
Yeah, you know, I think they, I think James, they, they played it the right way, at least. I think James has the size and physicality to match up with Kelsey, and he was being physical with him, and the refs were letting him play like that for most of the game. And so that's what you got to do. But you just can't do it for every snap, and especially late in the game when the Chiefs really need it, they dial it up to kind of, you know, get, you know, get Kelsey off the ball so he's not getting jammed right off the line of scrimmage, right? Or, or motion him around so he's not, you know, it's not easy for the defense to lock in on him and get him open. And, and then that's what happens. I will say, they let him play like that all game, James, and then they kind of call a, a flag for pretty much what he was doing all game and not getting called for and a really important third down for the Chiefs. So I don't know. I, I, I kind of tweeted it out. I do think like I, I do think that was a little I would have been a little sour if I was a Chargers fan about that. But at the same time, it was physical. And, and so I get the call. They just weren't calling it the rest of the game. So, so you're, you're aligned with these Chargers fans on Twitter saying that uh, what would the Chiefs records be? if they rest and help them every week, right? That's, yeah. that's uh this is something that you're, you're buying into. Oh, and 10. You look at some of the calls in this game. There were a couple that, that went the chief's way, but there's a couple that went in a, the other way as well. Like there oh, was yeah. a holding call. Uh, there was that crackback block. Somehow oh call of Kadarius Tony. That drove me crazy. I mean, that it's pretty hard to, to, to make a, an illegal block when you, don't even really block the guy. Uh, and and a crackback, generally, there's a second player involved, right? This is not like a uh, uh, something you can do by yourself out on the edge. I don't know how they how they called that one. Yeah, no, I, I thought Tony did it perfectly. He got in the he got to the defender's front, right? He didn't he didn't hit him from the side. So I I thought that was a really weird call. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is Travis Kelsey the greatest tight end of all time? I actually don't think he is right now. I think he mm. can be eventually. I, think I wasn't expecting he... to hear you say that. I, I thought you were going to come full pom-poms today. Nah, nah, man. See, you try to do that to me. I'm, I'm objective, <laughs> man. But it's a fair question. It is a fair question. You know, but I don't think right now. I think he's definitely top three. He'll be my top three. But I think uh, I'm still going to put Gronk at number one at this moment. I think uh, just his touchdown numbers were ridiculous. He was really good in yak. And then also, you're talking about all-around tight ends. He was one of the best blocking tight ends as well. So you got to consider that. You know, I know it's just all about people want to talk about the catches and stuff like that. But blocking matters too. And not say Kelsey is not a good blocker, but Gronk was arguably the best blocking tight end. He was essentially another offensive lineman out there for the Patriots through all them years. So I think he's number one right now, but I think Kelsey, if he does this for another, at this level, I say if he plays another three years at this level after this one, then we have a different conversation. Yeah, this came from Patrick Mahomes after the big win at SoFi 30-27. to 27. Uh, he says, we just kind of went through what we do every single day in practice, everything like that, and we executed. Travis is Travis. He's the greatest tight end of all time. He makes plays like that that win games. I thought a lot of young guys stepped up, and some guys that don't necessarily have major roles stepped up on that drive, and it was good. 
to see. He's making a case for it, man. And uh, I, I think when you're talking about him and Gronk specifically, it hurts that they didn't close out that that Super Bowl in Tampa. That was kind of the swing one where you think from a Holmes versus Brady legacy and then also Gronk versus Kelsey legacy. If the Chiefs win that Super Bowl, I think these conversations sound a little bit different. But now you're saying two or three versus one or two. And there's still time. There's absolutely still yeah. time yeah, on that absolutely. one. Um, how about uh, I see Chief special teams. We've talked about that. Do you do you want to slam the Chief special teams unit again? Got anything for them? Well, can I give some praise? I want to give praise to Harrison Bucker. Uh, I said yeah, go last, ahead. I said last week I need to see two straight clean games for him to feel like he's back. So that was number one. He didn't miss any extra points. Didn't miss any field goals. So if he could put together another clean game this Sunday. I would feel like, okay, I'm confident in him now. I think he's back. So congrats to him because it's easy to rag on him when he's missing. We don't ever talk about him when he's making them. So I think he deserves a little flowers today. But let me just say this. It was <laughs> it was with no elements. It was in SoFi, no win, nothing like that. So let's see what he does on Sunday. I'm not sure what the weather's going to be in Kansas City, but I know it's not going to be as pretty as it was in SoFi. So let's see. That's why you moved out the town, huh? You couldn't handle you couldn't handle the elements anymore in KC. I mean, did you hear me complaining on Saturday about how cold it was outside? That's because you had a silk shirt with your nipples pressing through. You <laughs> need to start wearing some like actual like jackets and stuff, you know. Let's get hey, to man. our game preview, man. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Chiefs, Rams, Arrowhead Stadium, week 12 in the National Football League. This one, not many people have their eye on. As often as the Chiefs are in the spotlight, (laughs) this is one that will not be getting very much uh, red zone treatment, in my opinion. Uh, It starts with an update on the Rams quarterback situation 12 minutes ago from Adam Schefter. It's Rams head coach Sean McVay ruling out quarterback Matthew Stafford. They're saying it's a strained neck or a neck injury, but there were concerns that uh, it could possibly be concussion related. I know this was the second time in three weeks that he was being evaluated for a concussion. Look, man, it's been a tough year for the reigning Super Bowl champs. Cooper Cup is already on injured reserve with an ankle injury of his own. Matthew Stafford, we know, will miss this one. Uh, we mentioned uh, Daryl Henderson, who is now a Jacksonville Jaguar. It's uh, it's tough sledding for the Rams, whose new quarterback one is what's his name, Bryce Perkins. Yeah, Bryce Perkins. Yep. What you think, Mark? Um, well, I, I don't have any Bryce Perkins analysis, so you're not going to get that <laughs> from me today, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, bigger picture on the Rams here. Very unfortunate because I would say. You know, just shut down Stafford and, you know, just tank the season. Well, they don't have a first-round pick. That first-round pick is going to the Detroit Lions. They said so, F them picks. Remember that? Remember yeah. that? So they can't even tank, which is unfortunate for them at this point. So, But I still think they probably will shut down Stafford because he's older. You know, you don't want to play with the neck and things like that. Obviously, with Cooper Cup out, he's on an IR, so – this is a lost season regardless, so no need to bring those guys back if you're the Rams, big picture-wise. Just sucks you don't have a first-round pick. But, you know, to this game, I mean, before the year, this is supposed to be a marquee game. This is one that you circled on the calendar. Absolutely. This is one that Aaron Ladd was excited to be at on an Arrowhead on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, America's Game of the Week on Fox, baby, 325. But, nah, it, it's it's not. It's Bryce Perkins versus Patrick Mahomes. Uh, no Cooper Cup. I, I mean, I, you know, you know me, lad. You know I like to say Chiefs by two touchdowns. And there it all is. That stuff. Well, can you blame me this week if it's I go there? <laughs> Appreciate that, sir. I know we're not the betting part yet, so I don't want to spoil it yet. But you know, I mean, I. I don't see how the Rams are going to be able to have sustained drives and score points in this game. I just really don't. When you're not having Stafford, you're not having Cooper Cup. I, I just don't understand. I don't see how it's going to happen. I really don't. And this Chiefs defense, you know, they gave up 27 last week, but only seven in the second half. 
They buckled down in the second half, made some adjustments. And we know how Spags is against these young, unexperienced quarterbacks like a Bryce Perkins, like Malik Willis. He's going to bring it every possession. I mean, he's going to just go crazy with the blitz packages. I can see it right now, especially we don't have a Cooper Cup, a safety valve at a receiver. So I, I just don't see how the Rams are going to be able to do much at all offensively in this game. It was an offense that was limited when Cooper Cup was out there, man. Yeah. I, I mean, really, <laughs> this was a team that was leaving a locker open for Odell on purpose because they needed more offensive playmakers. They needed guys who were going to spread the field. And it's it, it, it's not a game that I think will be very competitive for very long. Um, but Andy Reid talked on his typical Wednesday availability earlier today and said a few things. He said, you know, I still see 99. I still see five. And this is traditional Andy Reid fashion. He's not going to overlook any opponent. And I think that that's what Kansas City needs to do. Get some things right, right? Like at the end of that, at the end of that L.A. game or, or kind of in the second half, I tweeted this out, too. There was so much attrition. No Juan Thornhill out there. You, you got defensive guys going, going, going out left and right. That tests your depth. Maybe this is a depth test game. Ooh, say that three times fast. Maybe this is a depth test game for Kansas City. Brian Cook gets a few more reps out there. Maybe Trent McDuffie gets a few more reps, who's been getting a lot of targets sent his way over the last two weeks. Maybe that's another topic for a different pod. But, you know, you can always, you can, there's, in the words of Eric Bieniemy, keep chopping wood. This is a perfect opportunity for Kansas City to keep chopping wood. You're on a four-game winning streak right now. This is a team that's blood in the water. Handle your business and move on to the next week. Yeah, you know, if you're a player on the team, you're part of the coaching staff, you're in that building at one Arrowhead Drive, I don't want you to overlook the Rams. But me, as a spectator, as you a guy that supports, <laughs> as a fan. Oh, clip that. <laughs> Sir, to clip it. Night, night. Oh night, night. I mean, come on. Give me a break. And I understand Andy Reid has to say that. I get it. But you know what? 99 and number five, they're going to be on the field a lot. I see a lot of three and outs, a lot of quick drives from their offense, and they're going to be burnt out by the second half because they're going to be in the field so much. They're not going to be able to sustain drives and keep Mahomes off the field. So, yeah, I get it. Coach speak. I respect it. Keep your guys locked in. You're still battling for the one seed. You know, as you know, they could say they don't want it or whatever. You know, you want it. Ultimately, you want it because need it. You need win. it. Extra bye week. It's only one of them. Yeah, you only got to win two games to get to the Super Bowl, and you got them both at home. So you're going to take that every year you can get it. So you got teams on your heels like the Bills still right behind you who own the tiebreaker over you. So that's crucial. Got Miami right there. You know, so you know you got teams still right on your bumpers. So you don't want to let up against a team that you should obviously win pretty handily. Let's go to Vegas real quick, man. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elite Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Mark was a little spicy in our, our, our pre-production group chat. I got his uh I got his season total wrong and he chirped back quick. I mean, you're trying to mess up my record, bro. I mean, come on. That's not good business. Like, give me my extra win. Give me my win. Oh, gosh. Mark went 2-0 last week. He only gave us two plays, and they both hit. He had Kelsey going over 82.5 receiving yards. Travis Kelsey had 115 receiving yards. No tight end in NFL history has more 100-yard receiving games than Travis Kelsey. He broke that record in the win over the Chargers, and then – Mark picked the Chargers to cover. It was five and a half and 30 to 27 was the final. So that's a two and a week for Mark. He's perfect in week 11 and 15 and 12 on the year going in to week 12. How you feeling, man? I mean, you got to be, I mean, confident, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel pretty good. I mean, to be 15 and 12 at this point in the season, I think you would take that. Absolutely. Um, you know, considering I had a couple of, bad weeks here and there so you know just to be over 500 you know pretty comfortably and i can extend it this week i feel pretty good and you know unfortunately there's no player props available right now so like you said last week maybe we may have to add on another play like before the game 
we might have to do that like behind the, the channels here in our group tech yeah we'll go behind the scenes yeah message so uh i do have two plays though still based on just the, the totals of the game i have the under on the total points it's at 43 right now obviously uh you know they're considering the rounds probably won't score that much in this game <laughs> so uh I, I like that number for the under because we know Andy Reid and the Chiefs, if they get up real big, I can see them kind of letting their foot off the gas in the second half, you know, running the ball. Mahomes may sit in the fourth quarter. So I think the Chiefs will score probably in the low 30s, but I don't see the Rams scoring more than 10 points in this game. So when I consider that, I think the under on 43 is really, really a good play here. And then my other play is, I know it's a big number, but I'm taking it anyway. I'm not scared of the spread. Chiefs minus 13 and a half, two touchdown win. I mean, like I just said, it's the same thing. The Rams aren't going to be able to score in this game. I don't see how they're going to be able to keep it even competitive at all. So 13 and a half to me still feels kind of low. Considering I, I saw 14 and a half at, at some point this week. 13 and a half. Is it, you saw it at 14 and a half? I did, well, yeah. Okay, I locked it in at 13 and a half, though. It might may have moved since then. But, I mean, even at 14 and a half, I'll still take it. So, I think the Chiefs win this game by 17, 17 or more points. So, you know, I know it's a big number. People may be a little scared about it, but please don't overthink it. The Rams starting a first-time quarterback. They don't have Cooper Cup in this game. It's in Arrowhead. The Chiefs are going to roll. So, those are my two plays. The under on the total points at 43 and the Chiefs covering at 13 and a half. Like, in the NFL standards, that's wide open that he ran away from. Something they're doing and repeated it. Jacksonville, there's a play where he's just streaking down the middle of the field for 40, 50 yards alone. And it's like it happened in this game. They do it multiple times a week. They know in the red zone, hey, they he wants to go to Kelsey against the Raiders four damn times in the red zone. <laughs> he still got it, and he'd be wide open sometimes. I just – that part of it is there is every team is going into knowing the Chiefs want to throw the ball and knowing who they want to throw the ball to. And it's not that they just get him in high volume. It is that they get him wide open, wide open. And I got to give that that credit to to the coaching staff. Yeah, so so there's, I don't, I don't, there's a couple of things that you honed in on there that I think they, they absolutely deserve a lot of credit for, Ron. The first thing is what you were mentioning there with the red zone. I don't think there's anybody that designs the red zone better than Andy. And I think they've been like at the top of their game this year. They, they've been in their bag of tricks and it's been like consistently from start to finish so far this year. I don't know how many times, Ron, you watch red zone during Sundays as well as I do. Sir, I know you do the same thing. When the Chiefs aren't on, and especially like last week where they're on Sunday Night Football, and you get an opportunity to run, watch some of these other offenses when they're in the red zone, you realize how limited some of them are in terms of what they are willing to run down there. We're just like, hey, we're going to run in, uh, a running back at ISO right down the middle. That's just stuff that you rarely see with Andy. And I think sometimes we take it for granted, and sometimes we're like, God, he's getting so cute down here. That stuff works when it's in such confined areas. So I, I will give him a lot of credit for that. The other thing that you mentioned about the running game, I, I think that's as much about personnel as it is anything else. I think they've done a really good job about identifying which personnel to use and in what ways. And that's a big part of coaching, and I'm not trying to diminish it at all. But like when you look at their running game, do you know how many coaching staffs would just say, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the first-round pick, and we're going to keep running with this? Like He's the guy. And I don't care if it's not working out well. He's going to continue being the guy. This coaching staff didn't care. They decided midway through the season, it's not worth it anymore. We cannot keep doing this with Clyde. He is not our best guy. Isaiah Pacheco is just flat out better. And so guess what they've done? They've made the move to Isaiah Pacheco, and that was even before Clyde got hurt. So they deserve credit for that. I also think they deserve credit for, and listen, I'm the biggest Sky Moore guy there was. They brought him along really slowly, and there's probably a reason for that. It's probably because early in the season, there wasn't a lot of trust that had to been developed. I think they found the exact correct role for McCole Hardman before he got hurt. They were utilizing Juju Smith-Schuster in a way that, man, if that guy was utilized that way over the last few years in, in uh, Pittsburgh, I think we would have viewed him a lot differently. So I, I think they've done a really good job in utilizing their personnel correctly, I, I guess the reason why I push back a little bit on it in saying that it's not like an E-plus year from them is because we grade Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy on a curve. 
and they have been at the forefront of changing schematics in the NFL. And I don't necessarily know that we've seen that this season. I don't think that they like changed the way that football is played or anything like that. And I think they did a few years ago. I have one more thing that I would like to say about the defense, but Before I do, I need to remind you guys that DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is the place to go when betting on the NFL this holiday season. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code 5QUESTIONS. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code 5QUESTIONS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. We talked about Steve Spagnuolo and everything that he is scheming for this defense and the way he is making these things work with you know, some, some guys that we weren't confident in headed into the season and... It's something I've been talking to the guys at AP about. I think Spags is having his best season ever as a defensive coordinator right now. And I don't know if people outside of Kansas City are necessarily recognizing what he's pulling off this season. But I feel like Spags might get some head coaching looks if this defense continues to improve all these young members in, on the defensive side of the ball, this entire young secondary, which if Juan Thornhill's not available this week, Brian Cook is going to be another rookie starter yeah. back in that secondary. I'm I'm surprised there hasn't been a little bit more hype around Spags as a guy that's going to get some head coaching looks this offseason. It's definitely been his best coaching job uh, since probably the Giants. Uh, the, like the, the Giants, when he was the D.C. there, and they, they – they were able to develop game plans to beat Brady in the Super Bowl. Probably since then, for me, it's hard, man. If he gets a job before Eric Bieniemy, I'll just pass the hell out. Um, which is, uh, which probably right now, I'd probably bet bet on that over Eric. But I don't know, man. I and I think this is a perfect example. Like Josh McDaniel, this is his lane, uh, and I and, and I think this is like he'd be a fool to bounce away the way that the way that Travis Kelsey is smart and just keeps himself tied to 15. Mm-hmm. I think old Steve's better be smart. Just keep himself tied to Andy to me. That's where I'm at on it as well. I, I think he's going to go down as one of the best defensive minds of this generation. And if he continues staying with the Kansas city chiefs for the next, you know, three, five years, however much longer he wants to do this, and he's got a chance to win another ring or two, maybe more, and he'll go down as having more defensive game plans. The ones that are remembered, we all know how this works. They, they come in the playoffs and he's going to have a chance to be able to put those together moving forward as well. So I, I think that's the best case scenario for everybody involved. Final thing that I wanted to add here, Ron. I, I think I've got an announcement. I think this is my favorite Chiefs team of the Mahomes era. Like, I, I think I'm willing and ready to go there now. And Good I don't think Lord. it's the best one. I, I don't I, I don't think it's the most explosive one or anything like that. But there's something about this team, and this is a weird thing to say about the Chiefs with Mahomes. They're kind of gritty, and they've got an edge to them, and they're super likable, and you've got this – I'm not saying it's a chemistry that's developed just this season, but I I think we're seeing the best version of Kelsey and Mahomes together right now. The defense has so many new pieces that are fun to watch. I think this is my favorite Chiefs team, and I think a big part of that is because of a ho- like how much they've been pushed this year compared to some other recent seasons. I, I think by the end of it, you said it's your favorite. I, I think by the end of it, I think we will say it is the best Chiefs team. Uh, I, I know Tyreek Hill is not here, but Travis Kelsey is playing at an unbelievable level, and this is the best Patrick Mahomes. Sure. Even even the uh, MVP season, this is the best Patrick Mahomes. This offensive line's better already. The defense, this is the best defense they've ever had uh, to me in this. Like, this defense can go and win games. I mean, they get seven points. The second half's what they're doing. Uh, this, this is better. I mean, the championship team, that, like, listen, I, I can't go with Pat's first year. They were extremely explosive. That defense was so bad. I can't put that. The thing that's funny is I actually – they didn't win the Super Bowl. I think their best team, at least going into the playoffs, was 2020. 
I, I, yeah. think, I think that was the season the where everything kind of came together. Yeah. The, the injuries. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I think this defense, this is the best, by far to me, the best defense. And I think we'll even feel better about it by the end. Uh, I think the offensive line better. This is the, the best run game I think they've had uh, in this, in this deal. So I think, I think it may end up proving to be the best uh, team that they have. All right. We thought this Rams game was going to be another big game on the schedule. <laughs> But they are they are horrible. What do they got? Three wins? I thought three and seven. Good hell. Um, yeah, that's it. They're a bad football team and 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 worse. They've got injuries all around the place. In this game, we know Cooper Cup's not going to be there, and there's a great potential that Stafford's not there. But when the uh, when the Chiefs have the ball against this Ram defense that still has uh Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in the world, and it still has Jalen Ramsey on it. I mean, they've got players over there. But to me, last week, I think we talked about the Chargers' run defense and how it's one of the worst in the league. Well, the opposite here. The Rams, even with Jalen Ramsey back there, um, and Aaron Donald, which is is a part of their passing, their passing defense, they're one of the worst. And the Chiefs should be able – and the Chiefs are going to have injury issues. Um, we'll see if Juju is back. Um, we know Hardman's not going to be there. We'll see about Kadarius Tony, but they still, they still should be able to pass the ball at a major level. This, the, 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 the passing, the pass defense they're going up against this week compared to last week with the guys they have in the front seven for the Chargers when Derwin James and company back there is so much worse than this one, even with Aaron Donald and with Jalen Ramsey, they should eat them alive. And Mahomes should have another one of those number days where he adds to his MVP case right now. And this could be one of those 300 plus, like it feels like he could throw 400 in for 400 in this game, but it'll just be stopped because how the game goes and, 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 and that they're not going to just try to bury him. But this is a game where the chiefs should look really explosive in the passing game. Every week this season here at Arrowhead Pride, we'll be cooking up our very own same game parlays that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you and all of our loyal fans to follow each and every week throughout the NFL season. This week, Thanksgiving week, our parlay will be up on our Arrowhead Pride Twitter feed later on this afternoon, so make sure you're locked into that. Set up notifications, do whatever you gotta do, just make sure you're locked into the Arrowhead Pride Twitter feed where we will have a link up later this afternoon for you to tail our same-game parlays each week. DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. The the best offenses that have gone up against the Rams this year have just put up, I mean, crazy efficiency numbers through the air. Like last week, for example, this is not even a good team, but the New Orleans Saints finished with 10 yards per attempt through the air. Three touchdowns, no picks. I mean, you, you go back even in recent weeks, it's it's just it's week after week. They're putting up 250-ish. They're averaging seven, eight, nine yards per attempt week by week. The efficiency is through the roof against them right now. They actually are okay. They're pretty good against the run, but against the pass, they they just and I can't really explain it, Ron. It's kind of like everything with the with the Rams, where you like you look at it and you kind of squint your eyes, you're wondering. Why isn't this coming together? But for whatever reason, defensively, it just has not come together for them, especially against the pass. I'm guessing some of that is just their their defense gets exhausted over the course of the game. And there's only so much you can do because their offense is consistently getting pushed off the field, three and out, three and out, three and out. Now you're back out there once again. They stink in the red zone. They don't stop anybody in the red zone. Um, they're, they're, this is just, it's a defense that you should be able to take advantage of. Yeah, they're going to eat them alive. I mean, that that I mean, they don't have a soul that can cover Kelsey, and the only person that potentially can would be Ramsey. But then that's just going to leave you to hell in a handbasket with everybody else. And the way that Sky Moore came on in this last game, uh, the way that I think you know this could be one of those. This feels like one of those oh MVS sightings. Right, like, or like, Justin it, Watson, he, one of those or two, ju- or any of them. It doesn't matter. MBS um, will have two catches for seventy-six yards. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say this though, um, 
this still is a, a, a bit of a challenge that I'll watch with the offensive line. Aaron Donald is still dominant. And we know the Chiefs are B or B or the Patriots. The Chiefs are Duke. The Chiefs are Alabama. They're Kansas basketball. They're they're Kentucky. They're all of those to where they're going to be on TV. This is going to be a game where that's in most households at 325. And Aaron Donald is seeing Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Jalen Ramsey seeing Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Leonard Floyd may have a uh, may come alive because of who they're playing. You know you're going to get the best, and this is something Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, uh, and 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 Trey Smith especially. But the guys up front, can you put together another good performance? And and this will be a challenge. Aaron Donald is a challenge anyway, but this will be a challenge for that offensive line. So I, I don't want to just poo-poo that. They've struggled, but I, I bet you we see a different Rams defense because of who they're playing. And, Ron, I don't know if you're watching the in-season version of Hard Knocks. I've been watching it a little bit, and they, they I just recently watched the um, the week where the, the Cardinals were going up against the Rams. And all week, like the only thing they focused on was 99. Like, hey, we got to make sure that we're good with 99. Make sure that we know where 99 is. And they were starting a, a rookie right guard going into that game. And he ended up holding up pretty well uh, against the Rams. And you look at this one and what the Cardinals tried to do in that game, and they showed this behind the scenes a little bit, is they were like, hey, we got we to gotta get the ball out really quickly. And that was the game where they had uh, Colt McCoy starting for him, and he just immediately got rid of the ball on basically every play. That's just never going to be the Chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes. But I think you're going to see some of that stuff where they're getting it out quickly. And because you don't have Juju, and if you don't end up having Kadarius Toney, I I actually, I I can't believe I'm saying this, I actually do think that we're going to see a decent amount of Sky Moore in this one because he's the one that feels like he's easiest to utilize in that way. Like Justin Watson, downfield threat. Uh, MVS, downfield threat. I think the two guys that you could get on those like now routes are probably Travis Kelsey and Sky Moore. And I think Sky is more likely to be utilized in that way in this game. So I I think this is going to be potentially the the biggest Sky game that we've seen so far this year. And and, and he's a baller. So well, there's he, that too. He should, yeah, that's he the should be on the field more. And we will see him more this week. I can't wait. And yeah, Ron, to your point on this being like a, that so much. <laughs> uh, uh, to your point on this being a big game for the Rams. I also think they know, like, if I think they know they don't have a chance to win it. But if they're going to win, <laughs> they they're, don't prob- it. <laughs> they're probably going to have to score defensively. And so I think that, and this, like, the next two weeks are their season. If they lose to the Chiefs and the Seahawks, they're done. It is completely over. They will be not mathematically eliminated, but for all intents and purposes, eliminated from any kind of playoff contention uh, before you get to Christmas. So this is a huge, huge game for them in every possible way.